0: Hey, it's Laura. Hey, it's Nicole. Welcome to Quarter Down, where we have on leaders, mentors, and entrepreneurs that are operating a social enterprise as a social entrepreneur.
1: They are building out innovative solutions to social, cultural, or environmental issues. Enjoy the episode hello everyone welcome back to episode 25 of quarter down today we have on with us lauren who is the co-founder of last 20 which was created in 2018 in response to the global plastic problem their products are sourced from waste plastic bottles that would have otherwise ended up in landfills and oceans in 2019, they pivoted their solutions to focus on sustainable pavement, and in 2020 as well, they continued to develop their plastic pavement solution, as well as launching a sustainability podcast. So if you're a fan of Porter Down, especially season two, check out Sustainable Sessions where they host experts, businesses and public figures to open up conversations about climate change and talk about solutions that are being developed. So welcome, Lauren, to Quarter Down. Thank you for having me. Amazing. So, Lauren, as the co-founder of a social enterprise, Last 20, that upcycles plastic waste into innovative solutions. At Last 20, tell us a little bit about your triple bottom approach of people, planet and profit.
2: Okay, yeah, I'll definitely start um, with the people aspect. Um, part of like what we want to do as well, and I think going forward as we develop the pavement solution, we definitely want to look into social procurement clauses. Um, so whether that's hiring people that may be at a disadvantage or marginalized groups, um, BIPOC people, we definitely want to get everyone included um, and have them involved with our business. Right now, we're actually working with um, a high school in our area, uh, St. John de Bray Buff, and we're hiring youth. So we've had five students that we've hired, which has been super nice because I think it's a really good way to get a little touch and feel for the startup life Um, and then also to expose these younger individuals to social entrepreneurship and potentially careers in sustainability. Um, That's something that we want to we really want to focus on at least for the short term and then hopefully as we scale we can start incorporating more people into our processes um next we can go to the planet so i guess some cool things that i can highlight for the plastic pavement side of things um so with plastic pavement um it actually improves the strength binding property and wear resistance of roads um, which ultimately increases their overall durability and longevity as well, we're upcycling tons of um, plastic waste. We primarily focus on low density polyethylene. So that stands, the the name for that is LDPE. And that's number four plastic, um, which are like film plastics. And the issue with this specific type of plastic, which is commonly found in like plastic bags when you go grocery shopping or um, like packaging, like really, really thin plastics, the issue with this plastic is that because it's it's so thin, it's extremely difficult to recycle um, and repurpose into a new product that could be used. Um, so that's how we're incorporating this waste material into sustainable infrastructure. And another cool thing too is that because plastic pavement um, like incorporates plastic, it, it makes the asphalt more porous, which means that it can help absorb sound vibrations and this can result in quieter roads so yeah there's just a lot of cool different points that um i find with plastic pavement that we we hit with our solution Um, so that's kind of like the environmental aspect of it and then in terms of profits um because this solution is very much in its infancy um we actually got the idea from from india they've been using this type of technology for like the last 10 years or so But it's not very, people don't put the mental link in the in the construction industry to incorporate plastic into the asphalt, like most, most of these bigger companies are already working on the projects that they have to do. Um, So that's why it hasn't really been incorporated or like you you don't see this industry moving in that direction. And and we think as a startup that we can be pretty nimble and really disrupt the industry um, just because it's not an obvious solution. Um, But they did, they did try a few, um, there was one uh, pilot that they tried back in the 90s where they were trying to incorporate PET plastic um, into Highway 401 um, and they tested it. But because they used that type of plastic and they used too much plastic in the aggregate mix, it ended up being like way too slippery and it wasn't safe. Um, So they kind of just like stopped research, researching plastic and pavement for for a really long time, um, but also going back to to the India point, their their plastic waste crisis is significantly worse than ours here in Canada. So it's actually been mandated to use plastic, and their processes are a lot less regulated compared to Canadian industries. Um, so that's also a reason why I think the industry's so slow to incorporate new technology. And then that's kind of like our our role. We're we're like pushing this technology to get um, the industry, you know, to start using it. And really like a long-term goal for us is to be part of, um, you know, government contracts in the specs because we want to be experts leading this the space. So yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about the profits right now just because it's so early. Um, and we are doing a pilot project so that um, maybe we can get into that a, a little uh, later on. I can give some more details on that. but. Um, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a more cost-effective solution as you scale these different projects, um, simply because the crude oil that's typically used in pavement is a lot more expensive than the plastic waste that's already sitting in our landfills and it's there ready to be used, um, which is pretty ironic. It's either going like, to sit there in our landfills or we can you know make it a productive material and create the sustainable infrastructure. So that's, that's what we aim to do at Last 20
0: wow amazing well lauren you seem so passionate and so knowledgeable about the impacts that you and your company will have on the environment so that's amazing to see um first and foremost i think we're all a little intrigued where did the name last 20 come from
2: um this is so funny because so my my brother and i were were co-founders um, and I, we started this company, we went through this um, the Vaughn Summer Company program. They do, um, you can like start your own business. It's mainly for high school students and, and university students. Um, so I did that. I started it in the summer of 2018. This was like our original, original idea where we, we don't really do um, that before. Um, but my brother kind of came up with the name so it wasn't necessarily me, but once we finally got incorporated into, um, in 2020, It was like last 20, 2020, Um, but we we did have like a little saying, it was like, um, when will we upcycle our last, you know, 10 tons of low density polyethylene? So that was kind of our saying, but now um, it's pretty much just upcycling into innovative solutions. So we're trying to continuously find like new ways that we can put plastic into things. So, yeah, cool. Well, that's a good little backstory. Yeah, I'm not sure if it um, was the right <laughs> story you wanted here. We definitely got to work on that a little bit more, but <laughs> no, that's okay. You make your pivots, bu- business changes, so yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, take us through the process of su- sustainable pavement from starting Last 20 Apparel as a sustainable clothing brand. How was this switch?
2: Yeah, so when we started, and it's It's really crazy when we started, we, we were copying, I don't know if you guys know the the brand Tentree um, for every shirt or any product that they sell, they plant Tentries. Um, so when we were doing our research pretty much on these social enterprises, which there wasn't a lot at the time in like 20, 2018 when we were doing research, Tentree was one of those companies that was booming. Um, so we thought it would be interesting to replicate that business model because it was so successful. Um, so we were selling shirts and for every shirt that we sold, we were collecting and properly recycling 20 plastic water bottles so that was like the og one and then yeah we we were finding it was difficult to show the impact in the metrics just because it, it's really hard to keep track of all of those different things and obviously like we want to be honest um and we were working with um gyms we were we were collaborating with areas that we thought that there would be a lot of plastic because that's where we thought the biggest problem was with plastic pollution in general and then we just yeah, we found it to be too difficult and people weren't resonating with that idea that we were trying to replicate that business model. So from a consumer standpoint, there was that gap there. And then from an impact point, we realized that we weren't making as big of an impact that we thought we could make. Um, And our parents, my brother and I, um, they're in the construction industry and stuff. So we were just kind of figuring out like what is the main issue that we need to solve with plastic pollution. And I think just in general for people who are starting a business, especially a social enterprise, you really want to take the time to go through the problem and really understand it. Cause as we were doing our research, we were finding a lot of the bot- bottlenecks to be with recycling. And I'm sure you guys have heard the stat that like only 9% of plastic waste is recycled properly. It, it's so true to think like, why is that number so low? Um, And so now we're finding a new home for this waste material and creating a demand for it. Um, So that's kind of how we we made all these different pivots. And then like the research with India, we were like, oh, why is no one doing it here in Canada? Um, So, yeah, it was almost like a blue ocean opportunity. And there's so many things that made sense. Um, I told you guys like all the benefits and stuff, but there's just so much that made sense. So if we can do it, that's that's
1: kind of what we want to be experts in. Amazing. So you gave us a little sneak peek into one project you're currently working on, and I'd love to go into it into a bit more detail now. So you have a trial pavement going on so where is this happening how is it looking for you how, how long has it been going on so far is this been a few months um almost a year give us the details yeah so we wanted to do a pilot
2: project last summer but because of covid it was just so difficult to meet with different people and especially for us um our main role is acting as an intermediary. So we, we bring together all the strategic partners. So whether that um, that includes the engineer, our asphalt supplier, a contractor who would be laying out the actual asphalt, and then we have our developers and the plastic supplier. I know it's like, <laughs> there's a lot of moving pieces and stuff, but um, I will kind of show you how it all kind of connects, um, connects now. So getting all of those partners, I would say was probably like one of the biggest challenging things ever because we don't have a minimum viable product. And because it is pavement, we have to go through very vigorous testing to ensure that it meets the proper standards. Because the last thing you want is putting plastic pavement out on the road and something (laughs) wrong happens. So we're we're very much doing our due diligence um, in this whole process. So the so our main customers are going to be developers. So right now we're going to be working in the private sector just because it's a lot easier to get those contracts uh, rolling and stuff versus working with the government uh, initially. So we, we do plan on working with municipalities and the government. It's just we have to show that this product works and that it's good. Um, so the company that is doing the pilot is called Avidas and they're located in Brantford. Um, the project is approximately... 2100 square meters which is about the size of a soccer field so to give you like a little a little visual there um and it's their loading dock area and then the engineer who's doing the testing for us they're called cta labs they have decades worth of experience in this in this field Um, so they're pretty much finding the optimal mix for plastic pavement and then we have our contract contractor which is gedco and then we have an asphalt supplier so they're going to be the ones like actually putting the plastic into into the asphalt so that's king paving and then for us it's not that you can't get patents in this industry but um, it's very much um, trade secrets in a sense so for our plastic supplier that that's proprietary information but they will be sourcing upwards of 10 tons of low density polyethylene for this specific
1: pilot so yeah those are all the key partners kind of coming all together Wow. wow. For all of the business students listening who have taken, you know, like CSR or any kind of like learned about stakeholder theory, maybe, like we got internal and external stakeholders, that's like a perfect real world example right there. <laughs> I think if someone did like a business case on us, it's. It's not like a
2: basic subscription-based business model. So I think explaining it to people for the first time, they're like, what Like, what do you do? How are you getting involved in stuff? But kind of as I walk people through it, they're like, oh yeah, that makes so, so much <laughs> sense. Let's move
0: more into your 2020 initiative. So tell us a little bit about the podcast that you created, Sustainable Sessions, and
2: what is the mission of this podcast? Like we were saying before the podcast here, we really like incorporating these different types of mediums into our lifestyle and leveraging technology um, as a form of communication. And I, I think personally for me, like podcasts are such a great educational tool. So for people to, you know, just like sit back and listen to something enjoyable, I think that's super cool. Um, and for us too, we, we primarily like keeping our episodes decently short, so about like 30 to 40 minutes, just so people can just have it in their car, like in the background or whatever. Um, But our goal is to pretty much lead conversations on climate change um, so that we can advocate for systemic change and really just inspire people to incorporate more of these sustainable solutions into their lives. Or maybe there's a particular niche of climate change that they didn't even know existed and now they're interested and, and go look it up and go down the rabbit hole and want to do more research on it that's kind of the vision um and we are taking it global we've had our podcast listened in 27 different countries so i thought that that was a pretty cool analytic we i don't know if you guys have like spotify but like the spotify wrapped i i got one for the podcast and i was like oh that's so crazy that so many different <laughs> people like in switzerland or just like all these different places like i would have never thought um, it would go that far. And another thing too is we we really leverage our, our platform on social media. So we're, we're huge on, on TikTok uh, right now. So that's been a really organic way to push our content. So one cool thing that we like to do is uh, kind of like break it down into bite-sized pieces of content because I find that's easier for people to consume Um, So, yeah, that's been kind of how we've been rolling it out. Um, And we've had some really cool guests as well. Sorry, I'll just plug my plug myself right now. (laughs) Um, But Benjamin Von Wong, he's episode 25. Um, He's actually a sustainability artist. I don't know if you guys have seen um, like the mermaid that has like all the plastic water bottles. He does like really cool kind of fantasy art using plastic waste or waste pollution um so definitely check him out um and he also has a podcast too called Impact Everywhere. Um
1: so it's just like finding positive impact in unexpected places. But yeah. That is so cool. And since you're, you're plugging your podcast, which please do, this is a community. <laughs> I, I want to hear all about that. Um, where do you find all of these guests? Is it, you know, LinkedIn is a great forum I find for Nicole and myself. That's how I found you as well, Lauren. Um, are there other forums you find when you're looking for picking a podcast guest to come join you? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And for any person that wants to start their own podcast, I think it depends
2: on what type of industry or message or what, what, whatever it is you're trying to share. Like I know for DECA, you can kind of hit a bunch of different avenues, especially using business and whatnot. So LinkedIn is a huge um, networking tool um, to talk to and find different people. For us, just because we had already a huge network from other grants that we've kind of been in and i'm not sure if you have heard of enactus but we're also part of the enactus or uh, i'm part of the enactus chapter but last 20 is one of our enterprises on there um it's really you, you meet so many wonderful people and we target specifically social impact and social entrepreneurs and stuff so yeah i've had my own like little network but interestingly enough um on the last 20 team we we developed a podcast pipeline um so some people would go try to find um, different people that we could reach out to. I would say the more difficult, not difficult guests to get, um, were professors, most people like talking about this stuff. So if you don't ask, you'll, it'll, the answer will always be no, but yeah, just send an email to whoever and you'll, you'll, you'll never know. Oh, and another one too, sorry to get, um, Benjamin Von Wong because he was like, he's like pretty, he's like verified on Instagram and stuff. Okay. I, I actually, um, I met him in a Clubhouse room, so if you're not on Clubhouse, that's, like, the, like, platform to definitely get on to, like, get any guests, because you, you'll, you'll network perfectly there as well. Okay, that actually, I have
1: so much to <laughs> ask about that. Yeah, I'm happy to answer, like, any questions about that, too. We want this podcast to be focused on your company, but it also is an educational outlet. Like you said, you yourself use podcasts for educational purposes. So what has your clubhouse experience been like? Um, you've just talked about one really positive example. So that's really awesome. But how like, if you don't necessarily have to say a metric or anything like that, but like have you seen like immense networking growth from from Clubhouse specifically? Yeah. Um and definitely tying this back into
2: the startup. Um sometimes I'll join rooms where there's investors and for me it'll be a good way to practice my pitch, just ensure that I'm perfecting the type of language that resonates with everyone. I think that was also another huge challenge with plastic pavement. It's kind of not the easiest thing to explain, but um, you did a really good job at the beginning, by the way, just kind of like seeing all the, the main points there. But we actually met um, one other company in the States that does plastic pavement and we We were like, oh, my gosh, like you're probably like one of our few competitors in North America. Um, So it was really cool because we got on a Zoom call with him. And I would say that they're pretty much at the same level in terms of progress for this type of solution. Um, So it was really interesting to meet him um, and his team. And, yeah, we
1: had a really good call. So I guess that was like a a huge win out of my, my clubhouse experience as well. Amazing. So Lauren says, get on Clubhouse, guys. You got to do it. I have a few (laughs) invites. If if you guys need some, let me know. I can send them Yeah, there you go,
0: guys. Great networking (laughs) opportunities. And to our listeners, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, you can check out Sustainable Sessions to stay more informed about their environmental impact. And so finally, Lauren, um, as we wrap up for this season of quarter down, we've been asking every guest, um, about a highlight of being a social entrepreneur. You know, what, why why do you do it? What has been the best thing about running a social enterprise?
2: Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy that you, you bring that up. And I think as I, I cause I just graduated university as well. And, I don't think I've ever anticipated being the most sustainable person, but over the last three years my my lifestyle has changed drastically, and I think that I would have never done certain actions in my life, whether that's you know going vegetarian, completely like reducing my my plastic waste intake as much as possible um so like bringing my own reusables as much as possible um it, There's just been so many lifestyle changes that have happened for me, but and one of the biggest things that I like to advocate for is that we really do, we don't need like another fast fashion t-shirt company. Like if you're gonna start a business, there are 17 issues that need solving ASAP and that's the 17 sustainable development goals. So I think if someone's interested in a particular niche and the cool thing with those goals too, is there's so many there's so many opportunities. You can't really look at our global climate crisis as a as a problem or a misery, you have to look at it as an opportunity because if we do solve these goals by 2030, it'll open up a $12 trillion market of opportunities in so many industries. And I believe it'll also employ over 300 million people. So there's incentive to do this. And I think for social entrepreneurship, I know everyone hates capitalism and stuff, but I think why can't we look at it like conscious capitalism, profit for purpose, Um, you know, really changing the narrative and adding in more things that we want to see in the world. And yeah, you you choose like how you view the world. So if you want it to be more positive, add more positivity to it. And that's my, that's my like last little takeaway for um, social
1: entrepreneurship and, and what I've learned through this experience.
0: I like that profit for purpose.
1: That's good. Tying it also into the whole conscious realm there as well, Lauren, I feel like conscious consumerism has also been um, an up and coming trend as well, which I'm sure a lot of your consumers, or clients that you're working with would be kind of in that similar mindset. So Thank you so much today for coming on, Lauren. Um, I did notice online you're doing some hiring, it looks like, at Anactus So you're hiring for an enterprise manager. So if anyone's you know, looking for a way to support you, apart from just being you know, online and interacting with your brand, um, is there any sort of you know, person you're looking for to fill this? Um, are there any other positions that I may have missed, um, but I just saw those on Anactus's site there?
2: Yeah, I think we're always pretty open to having anyone join the team. If this is something that you're intrigued by and wanting to learn more about, I think it's a really, really cool opportunity to learn. And then, yeah, same for us, like the podcast pipeline and what we've been doing there. I think there's so many creative ways that you can take it. I even like how you guys did a whole separate season focusing on social entrepreneurs. Um, It's a creative outlet. So I think that's how people need to look at, business as well. Um, instead of being destructive and, um, you know, consuming things that are not going to help you benefit as an individual, get involved with organizations and businesses, whether it's last 20, I mean, you guys can join us, but, um, get involved with something that you're like genuinely passionate about. Um, yeah. And like I said, with the, the global crisis, like pick a niche, like if you're interested in, in food waste or plastic pollution, just go learn about it and see if you can, like, oftentimes when you do the research, you'll come across different solutions that you can, that you can, I don't know, figure out and try. Right, right. Oh, thank you so much, Lauren.